Thanks for tuning in to the Voyage Church Podcast. Our desire is that today's message will be significant for all of us on the voyage of becoming. Actually, if you break it down, the prefix C-O-M, it actually just means together. It means together. And so when you look at the word community, you break it apart. It's why when Jesus gives us the great commission, when you break the prefix C-O-M off of commission, it means together. And then we see the word, what's the last word? Mission. The commission can't be done solo. It's a mission we do together. It's why Jesus gave. So community, you see C-O-M, it means together. And the next word is unity. Meaning that we literally together, and the, the word unity, it just means joined, like completely joined together. Ephesians chapter 4 talks about how the body of Christ is joined together. This is why community matters, because number one, everyone, look, you can look at anything going on in life right now, the craziness in the world, and you know what people want, even if they're going for a counterfeit version of it? They want unity, they want peace, they want love, they want those things, right? But the problem is, is you can't have those without the one who designed them. Yeah, I read this morning, um, a quote that says, advancing God's kingdom is our shared calling. So no matter what our unique callings is, are, that advancing God's kingdom is our shared calling. Yeah. Um, together, unified. Yeah, and, and just know that when it's a shared calling, you might be like, oh, well, I'm not someone who will ever preach or lead worship. That, those are like the minute things when it comes to building the kingdom. Because you know what we need? We need spirit-filled people who know the word, police officers, teachers. We need doctors. We need um, receptionists who are spirit-filled and know the word of God and love people. We need this in the earth. Why? Because this is a shared calling together. This is not just, um, like, the, the biggest issue, and just so you know, out the gate at Voyage Church will not be the case, is, hey, you know, the pastors, you know, they worked for the church, and so it's their job to do ministry. That is unbiblical in every way, shape, or form. It actually says in the book of Ephesians that pastors, prophets, evangelists, and teachers are to equip saints for the work of ministry. We actually should do the least bit of ministry, according to the Bible. That'll throw the American church for a loop, won't it? Well, what are, we, well, what are you guys supposed to do? We're supposed to equip you. I had season like this is a specific calling, and we've answered that. But, man, do you want to know how many years I was just equipped, equipped, and equipped? I remember showing up at my youth pastor's office being like, hey, you know, I just feel that I'm supposed to be serving God and growing in the Lord, and I'm in 10th grade, and I don't know what to do. And he was like, well, man, thanks for showing up right after school. Why don't you go clean the gymnasium floor and get ready for Wednesday night? I was like, well, I was wanting to, like, learn the Bible and stuff. He's like, we'll get to that. I just want to see if you can serve. I just want to see the posture of your heart. There's an equipping that happens in the kingdom of God. And so this is a shared thing. We're all advancing the kingdom together. It says in Genesis 1.26, talking about community, just so you know, we were not just made for community. We were actually made from community. Check this out, Genesis 1.26. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and the livestock and all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Look, God is either speaking because there's something else present or God is schizophrenic and bipolar. And I'm going to say the second one is not true. Let us make man in our image. God, who are you talking to? <laughs> Father, Son, Holy Spirit, completely present in the very beginning. Why? Because we were made by community for community. It says we're made in his image. It's why, and if God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, in the beginning, well, what are we when we're created? Spirit, soul, body. Oh, wow. There's a three-part deal going on here. Why? Because we're made in his image. So community is, is of the utmost importance. So we have a quote we say around here at Boyd's Church. If you stick around any amount of time, which uh, if it's your first time here, just like to tell you, thanks for hanging out. And we have this thing we say around here, stick for six. 
You cannot really come one time to Boyd's Church and be like, oh, that was cool, and then dip. No, you're going to need to stick around at least for about six Sundays to just even scratch the surface of what God's doing here. And so if it's your first time, thanks so much. We'll see you for the next five weeks. Um, But we have this quote we say around here. We want to do family really well and change the world with our friends. This is a quote that Shauna and I and our friends Jonathan and Courtney, we've kind of been talking about it for years and years and years and years. And I think we were saying it before we ever had kids. And now we're trying to figure out families. And sometimes you like, your kid's freaking out. And you're like, oh, God, I don't remember when I said I want to do family well. <laughs> um, but this is our heart. Why? Because at the end of the day, this thing could be, you know, 100 people on a Sunday. It could be 1,000 people on a Sunday. But if it starts at the heart of saying, hey, we want to do family well, like that's, that's what's most important. Like that at the end of the day, whether you're here and you are a family, whether you're single and you're in this church and you're like, man, I'm not really close with my family. Great. That's what the family of God is. Welcome home. You can find family here. And so you see that from the very, very beginning. Um, There's a couple things with the definition of the word family. I looked this up. Family is a group of one or more parents and their children living together as a unit. Now, for you, maybe in the natural, that that doesn't it doesn't look that way. But I thought it was so cool that that was just like Webster's definition but I think about God the Father and his children living together as a unit. And I don't have time to go there, but John 17, Jesus prays for you and I. And he says, Father, I pray that they will be one just as you and I are one. It, the definition of family is what Jesus prayed for. Another definition is all descendants of a common ancestor, right, which ultimately we can track back even when it comes to the faith is um, we, we know that Christianity comes out of Judaism, which we know the Father. Uh, um, you, you see uh, Israel, um, and from there, the, if God tells Israel, Jacob, his name's Israel now, he says, hey, your descendants are going to be more than the sand on the seashore and the stars in the sky. Like, there is ancestry here. And another definition is a group of related people or things who have, like, a common value. And that's what the kingdom of God is. Like, there's a common value here that we believe the word of God, and we believe that we've got a commission to go out and change the world. And with that, um, Shauna and I just talked, and I wanted her to share So when she talked about her granny a second ago, her granny and papa were pastors for 40 years, and they pastored one church for 34 years. We're going to talk about legacy, like a life of legacy and family. And for us having that quote, it kind of was reinforced by her granny before she passed away, really just like a month before God spoke something. So like I said, we had no idea that her passing was coming, and she was just one of those people who you're like, how do you keep up with so many people? It's like a a grandma thing, you know? And so she called me, um, it was before New Year's or after New Year's? It was before because she asked if we had Yeah, she was asking me how the trip to the mountains was, and she was asking me, you know, how service was. And our pastor at that time had given us the um, the weekend off, and he said, go spend time with your families. And she said, well, you know, baby, there was a family before there was a church. And John and I, I had, him, I had her on speakerphone because he just loved to hear us talk on the phone. And, <laughs> and um, we were like, yes. And because there was a family before there was a church. And so for us, that's why we've implemented the Selah Sundays. And that's why we, we just want to do family well, not perfect, because yeah. none of our styles are the same. And none of us are perfect, you know, um, but we want to do it well, however that looks like in the context of your family and Voyage Church community. Um, and we want to change the world with friends, because who doesn't want to do that, right? Come on. Um, and so in 2 Timothy um, chapter 1, 3 through 5, um, 
I'm going to read that, and I'll let you. So just talking about legacy and family, look at what happens. Um, so 2 Timothy is a letter written by Paul to Timothy. Timothy is a young pastor. Um, uh, according to what we see historically, Timothy was probably between the ages of 16 and 18 and put in charge of a church, y'all. Look, I'm 33, and y'all still scare me, okay? So, I mean, this poor kid. We did youth ministry for a decade, and adults scare yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. We love y'all. Like, thank you so much, and we're, and we're you know, we're, you haven't done anything wrong. Just well, We just, want the pizza. Yeah. And the weird Are you guys okay if we just do a lot of youthful <laughs> stuff at our church? Because I think at the end of the day, I think deep down, even if you're a little more seasoned, we don't call you old, just seasoned, um, deep down, you still just, you just want to enjoy the life that God's given you. Amen. But look at what happens in 2 Timothy as Paul's writing. He said, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience as day as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers, recalling your tears. I long to see you. So Paul's in prison when he's writing this and he says, so that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. And so just like with Granny like, our heart is, when we've talked about building this church, dude, I don't know what the next 20 years looks like. But what I do know is that I believe that God wants to build something that for those of you who have kids in your life, if God kept them in this town for the rest of their life, that something is built that they could look at and be like, I'd be proud to take that over. I'd be proud to carry that legacy on. And I love, like, and thinking about Granny being in ministry all those years with Papa, like, here we are doing this. And it's yeah, this it's legacy. just the idea that this is generational. And Jesus always, when he would pray, like uh, in Matthew, he prayed, he was like, I only do what I see the Father do. So even Jesus modeled this idea of, hey, it's not just me. Like, this is not a solo show. Like, we can learn from the young, we can learn from the old, and we're meant to do it together. Like, yeah. we're not going to do this alone. We're going to hopefully live lives modeled where our kids are proud to walk in footsteps and then go way further than we could have ever gone. Yeah. We always say that we want our ceiling to be someone else's floor. And that's really what the kingdom should look like. And, uh, you know, obviously being a pastor for us, like there's that, we, we have two kids, we have two more on the way, but I've even seen it with people who are just involved in church is there's the terrible thing where like mom and dad are super invested, but then it's like as the kids, especially as they hit like the teenage age, they're like, man, church is just stupid and it's boring. And it's like, no, someone's telling you wrong because God is not boring. He's anything but that. Like everything you're longing for in life is found in him. And so our church, like it's going to be young. It's going to be vibrant. There's going to be passion. We're going to be marked with that because I believe that the, not even, I don't even like saying the next generation, the now generation leans in and says, wait a second, there's something real there. There's something going on. And I love that about Timothy is we see this genuine faith passed down from his grandmother, mother. And Paul says, now I see it in you too. And that's our heart. That's our heart. I, I don't want to see young people up in here just being like, oh, this is dumb, dragging my feet. Like, hey, bro, come on. Like, I, I want you to encounter all that God has. It's why we've already announced youth camp this summer. We don't have a youth pastor. We don't have a youth group yet. But guess what? In faith, we're going to take, I told our team, I was like, I'm believing for 40 teenagers to go to camp. Some of y'all are like, bro, you ain't even got 40 people serving at your church. I know. That's why I was at Milton High School speaking at FCA. I, was, I met the principal at Pace High School. Like, we can go get some people. Because when young people have an encounter with God, and when young people are found in the house of the Lord, you know what it does, especially with worship? Because I love worship, right? Like, I, I don't care if nobody else is worshiping. I don't need you to worship. I just need God to be good, and he is. So I'm going to worship. But when you get young people in here, start being passionate, it starts making some of the seasoned people be like, yeah, maybe I should. Yeah, probably. I'm a little stale. Like, I need, you know what I mean? It does. Like, God just began, uh, this youthfulness begins to rise up. The church was designed by God 
for two things. For his creation to live in community with him, but also to live in community with one another. Notice, Timothy had the faith, a faith in God, right? Not a faith in man, a faith in God passed down from family, and Paul was encouraging it. So there's this relationship Timothy has with God, but that, that what, what was passed down generationally came from people and was encouraged by people. We've got to be in community with the Father and in community with one another. You ever meet someone like, oh, I don't need to go to church, be close to God. Well, you, you won't be close to God for long. It doesn't work that way, right? The church is actually called his bride. Go ahead and come up to me and say, hey, John, I, I would really love to be friends with you, but I have no desire to be friends with your wife. She kind of, there's just something about her. I could, the cop could end up putting me in handcuffs for battery. I'm not quite sure, but like that ain't going to go well because you can't talk to the groom and say something negative. Jesus is the groom. The church is his bride. You can't say, well, I, I can love God, but I don't need to go to church. That's not the heart of God. And it's not that church would stifle us. It's that church and the community would launch us into our purpose. Um, and so, actually, on that note, look at this scripture, um, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, just so that you know this comes from the word. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. That's what's going on in this moment right now. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Everybody say, it's not my habit. Y'all didn't all say it. Everybody say, it's not my habit. As some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. What day approaching? Jesus is coming back, y'all. Like, the sky's going to crack open. Look, he's going to be riding on a white horse. He's going to have tattoos on either side of the leg. His robe is going to be dipped in blood. Some of y'all are like, tattoos. Look, it just says it's imprinted on his legs. And he comes riding in, and he's going to take back his bride. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Could be while you're alive. It could be after. But I'll tell you this. The day's only getting closer. Jesus is coming back. And so we can't. Like, look, if you've just watched the news for like two seconds, you, I'm like, I just feel like I need to go to church. Like, like our leadership is like freaking me out. And like, what did they just do? No, I, I got to get with some people of God. Like, I got I to gotta be reminded of my purpose. We need to be together. You see in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and the breaking of bread, and to prayer. This is the heart of God. As Easter's coming up, um, we believe that God's kind of taken us to this next place. As we believe God's going to do something significant in our county, through our church, we really wanted to just kind of lay some things out. We're going to walk, we're going to show you some things on the screen really quick, just to walk you through where we believe God's taking us as a voyage community. And so um, there's these three things that we say often. Belong, believe, become. Look, you might be here today and be like, don't I really believe in all the God stuff? My friend just invited me. You can belong before you ever believe here. You'll be loved right where you are, but there's a couple things. Number one, you'll be loved so much by God that God loves you too much to let you stay the way you are. So you can find a family here. Now, I'm going to be very clear. It's belong. You can belong before you believe, but then it's believe, and then it's become. And you'll never be able to become all God has for you unless you believe in Jesus Romans 10, 9, and 10 says you confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved. You can belong and know that you're loved here, but until you make the decision to believe, you'll never get to start the voyage of becoming all you were created to become. And so there's some things for us within our community that we really believe um, can happen. The first one is serving. Can we just talk about kind of what it looks like of serving and getting involved here? Yeah, so all of this happens, I don't, it's, it's not, I mean, it is miraculous, but it doesn't happen like, poof, here it is. So people show up at 6, 
6.20 a.m. at a storage unit um, on Sunday mornings. We pull a trailer and we unload it and we set up and make church happen. And it wouldn't happen without our serve crews. So right now I just want to give it up for our serve crews that made this morning happen. (coughs) We're so grateful. People right now, they're like, how can we get involved? Hey, serving is our calling. We believe that if Jesus modeled serving, we're going to do it too. Yeah, absolutely. And so really, for the past nine weeks, when people are like, how do I get involved? It's like, go to the website, go to our app, and click the serve form and sign up. There's some things there. Click one. Someone will get in touch with you. But here's what's been really cool. We've even had some mornings where things have been a little bit behind schedule. But you know why they're behind schedule? Because new people are joining and serving, and I catch them just having conversations and getting to know each other. Sometimes our teardown's taking a little bit longer because people are building friendships. People are hanging out. Like Jesse, our bass player who lives in our neighborhood, uh, I enjoy cycling, and he's a cyclist. Let me tell you about cyclists. <laughs> okay. We don't need to explain. They are like little, like no. how do you find each other? You like see it in the eye. He's like, so you there. cycle? There is no bike in the yard, Jesse. Like how do you? How do you do? He saw a bike rack on my car, and he knew that it was the type of bike rack the that most likely world. a road bike was on. Anyways, so, but me and Jesse, last Monday morning, we woke up at 5.30 a.m. He texted me. He's like, hey, you want to ride? And I was like, man, church is a long day. I don't know. And then I texted him. I was like, I'll do it. And we went road, I don't know, 32 miles or something together. But, like, that's just like a friendship and a relationship that's begun. As people are serving together, God's building these relationships that are just they're key. When, when we moved here, we didn't really have friends until some of our friends that moved to help us avoid church. Those first few months when we closed on our house, I'll never forget Mary, um, our realtor, who's one of our friends. Her and her husband, Patrick, brought over pizza. Those were like the only people we knew. And I remember when they left, we didn't have no furniture in the house. And I was like, what did we just do? We just moved like five hours. Well, like, and then we couldn't get Wi-Fi. And so coffee break, shout out. Like yeah. that was our office. And we were like, people in coffee. Yeah, we, start, <laughs> we were just talking to people all the time. We had, we had to have Canyon. And people, your baby's so cute. And we're like, you want to be our friends? Like, I mean. John dude, will hand off a baby real quick. Like, I will. Want to hold him? And so, like, just something happens when we serve together. So at our church, part of Voyage Community is serving. It's not just like, oh, you're doing that right now because you're a set-up teardown. The day that we have a building, because in Jesus' name, we'll have a facility that we don't have to maybe do as much, right? Because then some of that time can be used where we can go up. Uh, the guys are pointing at me about something, and I have no idea what they're doing. They're asking me to move my water bottles. I'm not I quite sure why they interrupted the message the for that, but we did it. Um, and so um, here at Voyage Church, we are going, like, serving this she said, it's our calling. This is the long haul. And, like, this, I know this can be an eye-rolling statement, but we really mean it. Like, I really don't feel like we have to. Like, we get to. I yeah. think it's so, I don't know, maybe we, I mean, we were built for this, but I, I think it's fun to do this together with friends and getting to do something that not everyone gets to do. Yeah. I love going back there uh, and serving the babies. Yeah. I mean, one of them's really cute. <laughs> They're all really cute. Um, but... I just think that we really do get to do this. We don't have to. All right. The other thing, the other thing in our church, so serving, another thing that you're just going to find as a foundational thing in our church is worship and the word. I hope you can tell by our worship team, they're anointed. I'm so grateful for them. It took a lot of years of training on my behalf. She has no idea what she's talking about. But where they are today, I'm so proud (laughs) and honored. Okay. I love it. Give it up for our worship. Just mute it. Mute it. (laughs) Um, No, for real, like. You guys don't understand. We're so, so blessed. Like, I've talked with multiple church planners who are like, John, we planted our church and had no one that could do music. 
right? I mean, Jonathan and Courtney packed their family up. We've done ministry with them for years. Um, Joe, same thing. Brianna's been with us the past five years. We meet Jesse. He comes the first week, and then Jonathan comes up. He's like, dude, he plays bass. Told me he plays bass. So we got bass player now. Like, Cycles and does the bass. Yes. And so God's just providing something. But for us at our church, worship is key. This is like, it's not just like, oh, you're supposed to sing songs. No, we're literally designed to worship God. We're created to worship God. So when you come on a Sunday, there's two things you can be guaranteed, worship and the word. There might be something fun. There might be something silly. But worship and the word are always going to happen. And within that, I just want you to know, obviously, there's going to be messages preaching. But as we move forward as a church, there's going to be discipleship classes. There's going to be courses for you to be able to grow in your faith. Obviously, dynamically, that looks unique for us. We don't have an office space right now. Office is kind of wherever we meet. Like our team, we've got some team meetings this week. We'll just use someone's dinner table on a Tuesday night, and we'll meet. Like that's kind of how we're hashing things out. Um, And one day we will, and when we do, those things are going to be offered because we believe in worshiping and we believe in the word of God. Um, And then even, I don't know if you want to say something, but, I mean, we got vision for seeing ministry school. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Um, And I just want to touch on the worship and word. We believe it's a lifestyle. Like he said at the beginning of and during the now word, like it's not just a Sunday. It's a day in, day out, worship and the word. It's who we are. Like so we couldn't go throughout the week and not get in the word, not worship, because yeah. it's not just a Sunday thing. It's who we are. And I would just say this. If if the word, which is Jesus, right, it says in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Jump to verse 14. The word became flesh and he dwelt among us. And then Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. Okay. So the word is like bread and the word is Jesus. Okay. Everybody got it? Just took you on a little theological journey there. Good. But can I tell you that if it is food for your spirit, If you only ate once a week, you'd be in some serious health issues. If you just let a preacher preach the word of God to you on Sunday and you never got into the word throughout the week and you wonder why you're struggling spiritually, has nothing to do with the church you're going to. I just don't feel like I'm being fed. Once a week, like I'd be scared for you. (laughs) (laughs) So you've got to get in the word. And I just want you to know our heart, like Shauna said, is we want to be able to teach a church to know how to have worship, encounters with God, and be in the word daily. Daily encounters with God, not waiting for a Sunday, right? But that Sunday is when we gather and experience it together, but we've been experiencing it with him all week long. So um, worship in the word is going to happen. The other two things that are really big that you're going to see here, you obviously know about Voyagers. We believe in this generation, the now generation. We are going to invest in this generation. That's not babysitting. They're being taught the word of God. They have some kids' worship songs. And then, Zach, we actually go through worship songs that our team does, songs that are a little bit more maybe – Seems more worshipy than like Kitty, and we play a live version of a song, and we play it back there for them because we want them to see like what it looks like to lift your hands to worship. So it's like some churches that we're inspired by, we download their worship songs, we put them up there, and we're teaching the kids what it means to lift your hands. And maybe some of you are in here be like, I need to be taught what it means to lift my hands. When you lift your hands, no like electricity, don't touch your fingers, okay, nothing. It literally just means, God, God, I'm yours. Just as a child would come to a parent and hold their arms up and be like, hold me. It is just, God, I'm surrendered to you. I'm surrendered to you. And so this generation, like we are going, we believe in them. We're going to invest in them. And you see that with us announcing about youth camp. And something I'm excited to announce that we'll be doing as we keep moving forward um, after Easter is we're going to start creating some spaces monthly um, for youth and young adults. We're going to start having some gatherings for youth and young adults. We just invested in youth and young adults for far too many years not to have something, whether that's a Monday night at the beginning of the month or a Wednesday night at the end of the month. We might not be able to do something weekly right now in terms of because of space, but we can do something. Amen. Someone can open up a house. We can let some teenagers knock some holes in the wall. If your house already got some holes in the wall, it's fine. Um, But like 
We just believe in cre- creating space for them to know that we love them, we value them, we believe in them. And look, they're the future. They are the future. Um, going back to Voyagers real quick. Um, in Matthew 19, 13 through 14, or 15, it says, Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them, but the devi- disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. So we just believe with the voyagers, like the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these, and yeah. they can teach us just as much, if not more, definitely more than we can teach them. And when it comes to young adults and teenagers, we don't believe that they're the problem. We believe that they're the solution. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that they're worth our time and our investment. And I just want to be very clear on that point. This will not be a church be like, oh, just the dang teenagers. Like, as a youth pastor for a lot of years, I was like, man, I'm about to get fired from my job if my pastor complains about teenagers one more time. Like, they're the only bit of spirit in this place sometimes. You know, like, we are going to be a church that we just believe in this generation. We speak highly of them. We don't call them out. We call them up. We're calling them to the place where God has, has created Because I'm them. definitely still one of them. <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm going to be honest. The other day, I was at high school, and um, they told me to go to class. And uh, I was like, it's fine, whatever. That's, I mean, I guess that I might look 30 when I'm 50. I don't know. But um, we believe in this generation. And then the last thing, we were excited to let you guys know. And what's really cool about this specifically when we announced this is this is generational. This is going to happen all over our county in people's homes. Um, but Josh, I'm going to skip it before you put it up there and read the Acts 2 really quick before you show that slide. Acts 2, 42 through 47, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and to prayer. Verse 43, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Verse 44, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Yeah, the church was making sure that people were taken care of. Verse 46, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. This would be the temple courts. But then look at the next verse. It says, and then they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. This is not a church that like we meet in homes or we come on Sunday. This is not an either or. It's a both and. We see this in the book of Acts as the church was growing. In verse 47, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. A lot of people will say, well, church isn't about numbers. I'm not saying it's about numbers, but I'm saying that people who biblically did what God designed, that they would gather together in the temple courts and they'd worship and they'd break bread in their homes and they'd devote themselves to the word, it says the Lord added to their number. We don't have to add to the number. The Lord does it when we're obedient to it. So I'm excited to let you know that um, over the next few months we'll be getting you more info, but we are going to do what within Voyage Community is called groups. And groups are going to be times where you meet in homes all over our county. We're going to do our best demographic kind of find out where you're at and find one where, where it's not a crazy far drive for you. But this is generational. You'll have college students. You'll have married people. Um, the way that we've done this over the years is we could even have some of our young people. Um, if some parents are like, hey, we got a bunch of loud, rowdy kids and we can't really talk, cool. Would you each love to dump, you know, 10, 15 bucks for a young person to come watch the kids in like a playroom? And usually when it's over, the teenager walks out and they're like, Bye, guys. Thank you. Right? They look a little bit like a zombie. But it's an incredible time weekly that we're gathering together. We're gathering together. We're eating together, and we're breaking bread. And we just keep it simple around here. Those times are going to be built around Sunday sermons. There will be about three questions that will come from the sermon on Sunday. You'll be able to dive deeper because we already struggle ending on time anyways. And so there's a lot more that you can unpack from the message, I promise. And so we're really excited to let you know that we're going to be moving forward after Easter. And with Easter, it puts us in the place of what? This is a homecoming. This is an invite. Dude, invite, invite, invite. After Easter, the Sunday after Easter. Sunday 
Yeah, and after Easter, we're going to do our first ever baptisms together. Come on. We're so excited. We went to Tractor Supply and got us a... A big old horse trough, you know. Is that what it's go. called? We got one of those. So we're ready. And, and I just want you to know about baptism. For us, we believe water baptism, um, and, and it's another time for another day, but there, there's water baptism, and there's other things that God does when it comes to being baptized. But water baptism is that first step, like Jesus did it. When Jesus did it, and John was like, I should not be baptizing you, and he said, this must take place. Why? Because he was setting a standard. And so water baptism, we don't believe at our church that the water saves you. Jesus does the saving. Water baptism is a public declaration, letting people know. People get to celebrate, but it's literally you saying, hey, you guys saw me go under the water? That was a picture. My old life is gone, and I am brand new. And that's the symbol that Jesus gave us. And so if you've never been water baptized, if you're like, man, I, I believe in Jesus, maybe this is probably someone in the room. Well, I was baptized when I was eight years old. My dad kind of just threw me in the water. Okay. Water baptism should be done after you make your personal decision, not after mom and dad force you to do something. So if you have never made the decision to say, I want to be water baptized, look, we're going to make it a party after service that Sunday after Easter. It's going to be outside. We're going to gather around, and we're going to celebrate that new life happens when we meet Jesus. Amen? And if you've never done that, we want to celebrate that with you. You guys give it up for my bride coming up here and helping me out. She's incredible. Um, and so we go ahead and stand to your feet. I just want to close with, with one thing. Um, was that good? You kind of got some vision of where we're going and what God's going to do in our church? All right. Thanks for the golf clap, guys. Hey, at Boyd's Church, we either clap or we don't clap. One of the other, just go ahead and clap. Like, it's just, just make a decision. You're not clapping for me. Clapping for what God's doing. Um, but I, I wanted to share this when it comes to Voyage community because here's, here's this struggle that can happen. I'm going to give you a little bit of an analogy. Josh, I'm going to run with the microphone. I know I sat for far too long, okay? Next week, y'all, Palm Sunday, no stools. Like, y'all get ready. I'm about to let it ride. Um, but I had this analogy in my head, and I want you to know when it comes to our church, I know we're in the early days, and what happens in the early days is sometimes it's easy for a church to have a really wide net, right? Like, man, just like, come on, like, you know, even if you're a little jacked up, just come on anyway, and that's what we want, like, that's the gospel, right? Jesus was hanging out with the worst of the worst, and the religious people were judging Jesus. Just catch that. That's why a religious spirit isn't going to exist in this church. That's why you can show up, dress however you're going to be dressed, right? We're, we're just making this thing happen, but... When, when it comes to a church growing, sometimes what happens is, is the group of people that are there at the beginning, you're here in the early days, okay, congratulations, you get to be here at the beginning. What happens is, is we grow together, and it's amazing, it's incredible. But we grow to this place spiritually where we go to these deep places, and that's awesome, and God wants us to grow and go farther. But the issue becomes is then there's some people, like in the early days, they're like, hey, I'm a little jacked up. They're like, that's okay, come on. But they show up, and they feel like, Man, I don't know. I just feel like everybody's kind of like a little farther than me, and I don't feel like I can connect. And so God spoke to me something one day. My wife loves the beach, y'all. She loves the beach, okay? She's ready. This whole weather thing changing all the time, she can't handle that when you get, when you get to the beach. And summer, Kate, we lived in St. Augustine when summer was born, and uh, I had a job change, and so I was gone um, Monday through Friday. I was gone a lot. I had a two-hour drive to work every day. And we only had one car for a season. And so Shauna, we lived about two-minute, three-minute walk from the beach. So Shauna would have summer, put her in the stroller, and Shauna was just headed to the beach. Like, she was the girl with the baby. Like, literally, our doctor's office would be like, hey, I haven't seen you walking down to the beach lately. Like, she was that lady. Um, but she just loved the beach. So Summer Kate's always grown up at the water. And what I realized about Summer is when she's a baby, 
There are times we're out there at the beach, and I'd love to go out in the waves and, you know, take a boogie board or, or go, bo- like, body surfing, whatever. I, w- I want to go out into the depths, but she's not there yet. And, and I could just be like, hey, Shauna, figure it out. I'm going out here. But the mark of a good father would be this, that I would say, hey, right now in these days, I'm going to play in the shallows with Summer Kate. And now she's six years old. She can go a little bit deeper. And we like that we live in this coast because you can actually see through the water as opposed to on the east coast. You can't really see through the water. So Summer's a little bit more comfortable to get a little bit deeper in the water. But she still can't go near as deep as I can go. Now, look, there's times where, yeah, we got some friends, like, you know, me and Jonathan and other friends, we'll go out to the beach, and we'll go out there and just get pummeled by waves. But, like, I don't stay out there the whole time. We come back, we grab our kids, and we play. But it's because what a good father would do is say, hey, over the next decade, just notice that a a faith walk doesn't happen instantaneous. That, yes, as I grow in the Lord, I can go to deeper places. I could be in the shallows, and then I can go out all the way into the depths, and I can be in this place. But the mark of a good father, the mark of a mature church is that we can go back to the shallows, and that we meet the people, and that we can do the very same thing. So right now, I'm taking summer on this journey. Every summer, we're going a little bit farther. And one day, she's going to be a grown woman, or hopefully Jesus comes back before all that kind of stuff. We don't need her getting married or nothing, you know. But one day, she might, we might be out in the depths, and me letting her know and babe look all these years you've made it out here but just know one day you might have your own and you're gonna have to go back to that place and start there and that's the heart of our church that's voyage community that we will see people come at the beginning stages in the shallows and that we're taking them to the deeper places but we're never going to be a church that gets caught out in the deep because I'm telling you right now you want to find a church that's beginning to go on the decline it's because they've gotten to some places spiritually with depth but they forgot that there's new people at the shallows that are like man I'm just broken I just need Jesus I just need a way maker I don't know all the answers I just know that I'm hurting and we're the kind of church that's going to be found at the shallows letting people know look we will go on the voyage with you it's the long and extended journey you don't have to do this thing fast we want to build something that'll last we want you to be able to make it we believe that Jesus is committed to you for the long haul and our question every single day that we meet as a church is do you want to commit to Jesus and if you're here today and you've never said yes to the way maker I just really sense this in my heart. The team's going to lead us with this song. I'm going to come stand right over here by this table. I just really sense in my heart there's someone here this morning. You're like, man, I just want to give Jesus everything. I've tried before some different things, and I just feel like that needs to happen. Chris, will you stand right over here? I, if We'll have two of us. Chris will be over here. Shauna, can you come stand up here? Um, Courtney, can you come up here? I just feel like if you're here today and you're just like, hey, I just want to talk with someone on what it looks like to just... I just want to trust Jesus. I just want to commit my life to Jesus. I want you to do that. Sean, you can come on this side. Hannah, you come up here as well. These people, look, we're just here. If that's you today, I just really sense in my heart someone's like, man, today's my day. Like, I'm tired of waiting. I'm hurting. I just want what God has. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know if I'm going to do it perfect. Look at me right now. You don't need to do it perfect. He did it perfect. He was the perfect one. You just need to make the commitment and start the voyage. So right now, heads bowed, eyes closed. Jesus, I just thank you for this room. God, I thank you for every person. God, if there's anyone in here, God, who needs to make this decision today. God, to step into a voyage community. God, your house, your church. Jesus, beginning to follow you. God, that today's the day of salvation. You're the way maker. You're the way maker. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to check us out on thevoyage.church to stay updated on everything God is doing in our city.